Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. We have a major guest on today and I am fangirling and I can't even handle it. <laughs> um, we have Tara Martin on today, so welcome Tara. I am so excited to join you, Tori. Um, so I actually met you at MassQ, which we had this past week, where yeah. you were the keynote speaker, and um, we just happened to be in the lobby of the hotel at the same time, and um, and I bravely went over to say hi to you, <laughs> and um, and then I realized that you are just a regular person who loves to chat and loves to you know be with people and and then um you've like eased i just knocked over a bottle um you just eased my um like nervousness and and you agreed to come on my podcast and i just i can't even believe it so i'm so excited oh my goodness i am equally as excited tori and i just i love that you were i'm i'm so happy that you came and asked me i just think you're just adorable you have so much personality and I love what you're doing for kids, and Aww. I'm excited to be here to join you. So, yeah, let's get let's get this party started. Sounds All fun. right. <laughs> so, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? So, I'm Tara Martin um, at Tara Martin Edu on Twitter, and if you want to follow my website, it's TaraMMartin.com. I am. I started out in education as a third grade elementary teacher. Love that grade. I love elementary kids. I love all kids, right? But they definitely have my heart. So much fun. And then I moved into instructional coaching, which I had a just a wonderful time in that role as well, learning how to be a better conversationalist and also learning to discover the strengths and talents of my colleagues and just being that person to help them to motivate them to find what's in them already and just amplify that even more. And I spent a big chunk of my time in education as an instructional coach and then later moved into my last role, which was district administration. I got to work with curriculum for all of elementary schools oh, cool. in my district. And we also built a coaching program, an instructional coaching program from the ground up. So I was the supervisor and mentor of the coaches in our elementary school, so the 10 coaches. And just what a cool role to build a program from the ground up around a passion that I love so much. And I just love that role too. Every role I've been in, I found that it's like, I'm like, oh, this is the best role ever. Yeah. <laughs> but all of them involve teaching, right? And so it was always in my wheelhouse. And then now I now work as the PR and communications director for my publisher, Dave Burgess Consulting. And I absolutely love this role as well. And the reason why is I get to use all of my skills and talents to to perform this role to perform my job responsibilities i get to mentor novice authors and new and experienced authors to launch their books so i spend a lot of time in this coaching type conversation oh, wow. 
with the authors when we're working on helping them to share their message with the world and, and launching it out into the world and going through all those emotions, just like a first year teacher. I mean, there's so many parallels. And I get to digitally create, which I love visual creations digitally, um, their promotional items. And I get to do a lot of ghostwriting and writing and traveling around the world, talking to teachers, talking to students and empowering them just to be real. So. I feel like I am a very blessed girl to get to do a lot of cool things. You do do a lot of cool things. That's I love that you mentor authors. I didn't know that. Yes, so fun, so fun. So they go through the editing process with our editing team. I, I am not a part of that. <laughs> I am more a part of once their manuscript is near the final stages, mm-hmm. I work with them when it comes to sharing their message with the world, which we call shipping it. When, when it gets to the place where we're about to ship the message, um, that's when you deal with a lot of interesting emotions, you know, how will the world receive my, my, my manifesto and how I handle all these things. So I get to work with the authors not only to navigate through all of those emotions, but also to empower them and equip them with a lot of digital resources to help them to amplify their message once it's out there. Right. And I can't say much, but I feel like having someone help you along with that for a book would be amazing. I kind of wish I had that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I did not have that when I launched my first book. And so, well, kind of, I did, because Dave is fantastic, and they were very helpful. But Dave and Shelly are just two people, so they wanted to keep this personalization piece a part of their company, and they're growing at such a rapid pace that it was imperative that they hire someone to do it. And so I'm not sure that a lot of publishing companies have the, like, kind of I'm PR and communications director, but I really like an on-call coach for, for, for authors, right? Yeah. That's a that a lot of um, publishing companies have that. And, and then two, Tori, like when you hire someone, you just kind of get all the skills that they have. And that's just a skill that I, that just naturally comes out in me. So it just worked out that it kind of could work like that. Yeah. We just kind of use that to our advantage for the company as well. But I'm, I'm sure it makes the whole process even better for the writers and the readers because then you really know that it's heartfelt and that you guys are all in it together and you're all trying to just create the best experience for educators who are reading the books. Exactly. Yeah, we try to pride, well, we take pride in being just a DVC fam. I, I think we live up to that for the most part. We're always just it's one big family and we're all trying to help each other to be successful. That's awesome. So why did you start doing speaking engagements? You know, um, two, no. So I just saw on my snap story three years ago. (laughs) 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 It makes me look like 15. I promise. (laughs) Um, three years ago was my very first, breakout session for a state conference in my own state in Kansas outside of my district. So I never had I spoken outside of my district until three years ago, according to my snap story last week. And so I thought about that. I was like, wow, 
three years ago, I was asking Dave Burgess. I had just met him online and through book snaps, which is so funny. Mm -hmm. was, his book was the first book I ever snapped. And <laughs> he said, why are you not sharing this out with other people? And I'm like, oh, I'm sharing it as it was a coach at that moment. I'm like, I'm sharing it with people in the district every day. Like, trust mm -hmm. me, I'm doing this all over the place. And he's like, no, I mean, in a, in a conference type setting, I'm like, yeah, that's not really what I do. I, I speak at my own district, but I've never spoken at another place. Like, I don't even know what that would look, sound or feel like. And he just said, why don't you write a proposal? And so I got online, Googled it and tried it. And um, they accepted my proposal. <laughs> and so I, I was just like in awe of it. And so I spoke at my first district, I mean, statewide conference, and I thought it was just so fun. It was so interesting to get to meet people from all around my state and also to break the barriers of just my little world mm -hmm. and, and share what, what's happening in my little world with other people. But not only that, the reciprocal part of that where they're sharing what's happening in their world with me made me such a better, more rounded educator. And it was one conference. But mm -hmm. when I came back, I was on this crazy high. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> Stuff I just learned from all these people just gave me this fuel to my fire, just helped me burn brighter. And I couldn't get enough of it. So I wanted to try to presented some other conferences. So I asked my administration, like, is there any way that how many of these can I possibly do? Not that anybody would accept me, but I just wanted to try it. And so that's kind of how it started. And the more I do it, Tori, honestly, it's the same feeling. Like when I was at MassQ, I feel like I gained so much from the people. I'm hoping that I gave them as much as I gained because I just love that reciprocal feeling of people that are there because they want to be there. They're excited about learning. Mm -hmm. And not only that, we are just, we're making the world of education a better place when we're sharing all these wonderful things that we're doing. What was once in isolation for me. Now I can share that with the, with the whole world through my blog, through this connected educator journey. And that's where it all started. Three years ago, I got connected. I tried my first district conference, and here we go. <laughs> and and I look at you. Like, well, did you ever imagine like three years ago that you'd be where you are now? No, 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 girl. But, you know, it goes back to the cannibal in theory. And I know we haven't talked about that. But once you... And if you don't know, like, if you're listening, you're like, cannonball in, what is that? It, well, it's just running and jumping off the diving board and making a splash and not really worried about if your splash compares to that of like 300 pounder splash. Um, you just do what you do. And when you're deep down under, you swim because you know how to swim. And so when I'm doing this in education, I'm just making cannonball after cannonball and I don't stop. I know how to teach. I know how to to coach and I do, I play to my strengths. And so when I'm in the deep and it feels uncomfortable, I go with what I know and I keep, and I, I swim to the top. But when I get out of the pool, I go back for another, I'm going back to the high dive and I want to cannonball again. And I maybe want to try a flip with the cannonball this time. But it, once you start cannonballing, 
it's so contagious. Like you never want to go back to just swimming in the shallow because that's lame and boring. And so I think that's what happened for me. It just, I did that first cannonball and that's all it took. I just back to the high dive, back to the high dive, back to the high dive. That's kind of, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast because yeah. I love picking people's brains and just having conversations with them. I learn so much from every single episode and then I'll go back and I'll re-listen to episodes of like, Oh, like I remember we talked about something great. Like I wanted to implement that in my room and I'll re-listen to it. And it's just, it's created a possibly the best PD for myself that I could ever imagine. And, and also for yourself, but Tori, all the listeners. Yeah, well, that's why I was like, all right, I'm, I don't want to like selfishly hold the conversation and what people are, um, like what my guests are saying to myself. So that's why I decided to just put it out there and, and see what happens. And slowly but surely the podcast is growing and it's been, it's been a pretty awesome ride. The, the different, just the different opportunities that it's created too. Um, I'm just like, really grateful for it all. I'm so impressed by it. I love, I told you earlier, I love interviewing on podcasts. It's the same. It's more intimate than going to this conference, right? Because you have this one-on-one -on -one hour, 30 minutes conversation. But like you said, you're empowering each other. And then the whole while, as your conversation is going forth, you're sharing it with thousands of listeners who are then taking that information, both sides of it. And finding a way to implement in that in their learning setting. It's just bettering the world of education. So thank you for this podcast. Oh, thank you. It always like amps me up and, and gets me like so excited to talk to people too. And it's like kind of a running joke in my house that if I end up uh, recording a podcast at night, which a lot of the times I have to do, like once the kids go to bed, I'll like, be like so motivated and like, woohoo, like at the end of the night that I can't go to bed. Yes. <laughs> like I can't go to bed right now, even though it's 11 o'clock, I need to like do all the things that we talked about. Exactly. You want to get on your computer and create. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. I don't know. It, um, like when you go for a run, you get that runner's high. It's like the same thing. You get like educators high where you're like, whoo, this is like the greatest feeling ever. I got to keep riding it. You know? Agreed. I feel like that with, um, I help run the T-Lap chats. And so I'm in that one every Monday night. And I'm an early to bed girl. I used to not be, but I've started working out super early. So I try to go to bed earlier. Mm -hmm. And that chat with all those educators sharing all their awesomeness, I cannot sleep on Monday nights. <laughs> no, it's so hard. Yes. <laughs> um, are you ever nervous of people's reaction to your story? Because I mean, at Masky, you talked about a lot of different things. You talked about some heavy things that you've gone through in your life and just teaching in general. Like, have you, are you ever nervous that people won't react the way that you're hoping because you're so real? You know, I am. And there are a lot of times, um, you know, I journal daily. So I write, and I'm telling you this for a purpose, I promise. <laughs> I often write about those feelings, you know, sharing those parts of my story. Is this really worth it? Is it really helping other people to relate to maybe kids that are in their, in their, in their learning setting or adults in their learning setting that, that need a little extra grace and a little extra um, mercy when it comes to that when we're dealing with them 
first as people and then trying to help them to be more proficient or more distinguished in their professional role or in their educational journey. And a lot of times I wrestle with that, like, is this worth sharing this piece of my story to help others to relate to the learners that they serve? And most of the time I get feedback, a lot of feedback actually, after sharing my story. And those stories from the people help me move forward, help me to realize that it is helping others. And sometimes it's helping them to relate to those they serve, but sometimes it's helping them to realize that their story, that 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 they've gone through, whatever it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly, has shaped them into the educator they are today and has helped them to be able to reach people that maybe no one else would be able to reach because of the level of empathy that they now have, having gone through that and overcome. So it's stories like that that push me forward and keep me sharing very deep parts of my story. Mm -hmm. But yes, um, I do get nervous about it. And there are times, and I almost, you saw me tear up. Every time I share that story, uh, I always nearly cry. Um, so there's never a place where my heart's gotten hardened to that piece. But I also think it's very much a real piece of my story. And I think it's imperative that as educators, we realize that social emotional learning and meeting the high standards that are placed upon our students, as well as using technology, all of that can coexist and should mm -hmm. coexist. It's not, now we're going to have a mindfulness minute, and we're going to move on to this, we're going to meet these standards, and now it's tech time. No, it's, it's teaching time. It's reaching time. It's empowering time. And I, I hope that sharing these very personal parts of my life help others to realize that we're dealing with humans every day, and no one's exempt for li from life, quote-unquote. The Everyone stuff. has a story. Everyone has a story. And, and no one's exempt from grief. Everyone, you know, life comes and it ends. And we all are affected by it. So when I share those parts of my story, I hope that somewhere, somehow, people can relate and know that, yes, we want our kids to reach these high standards. But really, we have to address them as a human. And we have to understand that all of this can coexist. Teaching, uh, social emotional learning, technology, all of it together to help the kid to reach that potential that they so desire to be at. Yeah, I mean, that's beautifully said. <laughs> it's, it's so true. And, and I think, I mean, everyone has a story, um, whether or not you wish to share it, or if you're comfortable enough to share it, you know, it's amazing that you are able to do that. And just listening when I was in the crowd and I hadn't even met you and I had only seen you all over like social media and everything and having you share something so raw and so heartfelt, I feel like it made you just so much more relatable. And it made me feel like, okay, like, look at how amazing she is. Like she's up there in front of everyone. She's telling everyone what she's been through in her life and as an educator. And one of the, one of the best lines that you said, in my opinion, was 
you were talking about yourself as a first year teacher and you're like, I don't know how much the kids actually learned, but you know, we really like, we were, we were social, emotional learners. Like we, we had our feelings together. Like you said something along the lines of that. And I was like, yes, like that's so true because especially as first year teachers, we put so much pressure on first year teachers and first year, like my first year, I put so much pressure on myself and just having someone like you say that line. I was hoping that any person in that room that was a first year teacher or even a teacher later on in their career took that and put that in their pocket and reminded them that, you know what? It's true. You need to be able to connect with kids before you can teach them. And it's, one of the most important parts of teaching to be able to connect the kids. And my favorite teachers, the teachers that I still like hold in my heart today are the ones that took the time to talk to me and I thrived in their classes. It's true. Academics goes, it, it goes up every time when you build the relationships. It's, it's all the pressure that's pushed, pushed down on teachers that I feel like makes them feel like they don't have time to do that. And I, as a coach, as an administrator, both, I'm like, just make that time. Make it now. Go slow to go fast. Because if you go slow now and you build those relationships, you're going to go fast later. They're going to learn at a, a more rapid pace. They're going to want to learn because they love you. And just like Rita Pearson says, like, no one learns from people they don't like. She says kids don't learn from people they, let, they don't like. But I think adults don't learn from people they don't like either. It's and true. so when we make that time, then it pays off in the end. My first year teaching, oh my goodness, like I said, I don't know how much they learned, but they all knew they were loved, right? Yes, yes. They did. They all knew they were loved in my classroom. We were a family. And after that year, I thought, bless their hearts. Like, I don't know how we managed to take the state assessment and do so well, but (laughs) bless it. It happened. And I, that year, I mean, such an emotional year, right? I talked to you about my dad being um, murdered that year. It was just a very interesting start to a career. Yeah. But I too had to deal with a bunch of emotions, um, different traumatic events happening in my life because of that, moving a thousand miles away from my family, starting this career. But that year also, I was nominated as Distinguished First Year Teacher of the Year. So it's my, my admin building that relationship with me caused me to be a high-performing individual as well. Me building those relationships with my kids, we were the highest performing third grade class in our district of 24 elementary schools That's for, for our state assessment scores. So does it work? Yeah, it does. And was I the best teacher? No, I wasn't <laughs> at all. I got so much better after that, but I took the time to do what I knew meant a lot to me as a little girl. And when I talked about that letter to my little me, I couldn't express that enough. If I want to be the teacher, those teachers that made a difference in my life, the Mrs. S's, the the coaches throughout my life that made me feel valued, appreciated, and enough, and helped me to reach those levels of academic success, because that's why it happens for me. 
I also love that you talked about your relationship with your admin too, though. It's, I mean, it's so important to be able to trust your administration and to feel like they have your backs. And, and I've worked in schools where that's not the case at all. It's complete opposite. And now I work in a school where I feel like I can go to them for anything and um, for anything and everything. And it just, it makes a world of difference too. So teachers, as much as we need our classrooms to feel safe for our students, administrators, they need to create and, and uphold the schools that the teachers feel safe too. It's social emotional learning is not just for students, it's for the whole environment, and it makes such a huge difference. I always say, if you have a heartbeat, then you're not exempt from life. <laughs> so, you know, we need to be mindful of that no matter what age group we're dealing with. Everyone has things that they're doing, and especially our teachers. I'm just so grateful that my principal reached out to me and said, Tara, you know, I think you need to potentially see a therapist, you know, to help you to overcome this, this grief uh, cycle that you're dealing with. And I was so embarrassed by it, but I knew that it was something that I probably needed to take and do. Mm-hmm. And it helped me. I mean, it helped me tremendously to then come back and be that everything that I needed to be for my 27 little people looking up at me every day. And I worked in a school where it was 90, about 90% free and reduced lunch. So we, you know, a socioeconomic status where Maslow's needs was very important to the people that the students that I got to serve. And I needed to be more of I need to be more for them and I couldn't do it when I was so empty. So mm-hmm. it was important to me and it meant so much to me later when I look back and, and thought, wow, she took the time to plug that, plug that need immediately before it got too, too rough for me or the students. And I excelled, they excelled, everybody did better once the needs were met. And I, I think it's so amazing that she even offered that too, because there, unfortunately, there is such a stigma of even suggesting to, for someone to see a therapist. And I hate that so much. And it's something that I, I love my therapist. I love being able to talk to someone who will sit there and listen and offer some help and advice. And, and I always suggest it to any, anyone, like any of my friends or family, people that need um, just something extra to get them through. But I feel like, I mean, everyone could benefit from a therapist because everyone has a story, right? Like what we said earlier. But I love that your administrator did that because I feel like that shows the relationship that you had and the trust that you both had in each other. And to be able to say something that's so heartfelt, um, in my opinion, I, I, I mean, that's that's the epitome of a, a great ad- admin. And it was so beautiful the way she did it. I talk a little bit about it and be real, but she just shared with me how she too had to visit a therapist when in her third year of teaching. And, and now she sees them all the time. Like she, she's like, I, I love having my therapist. I think therapists are just like precious gems in this world. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but I didn't realize they're, their significance until I needed it so much. 
And I probably needed that when I was a student, when I was a child, but I didn't have it. So I'd always been used to trying to pick myself up by my own bootstraps and try to solve my own problems and try to overcome in any way that I possibly could. But at this moment, I really needed, I needed someone to help me to process these emotions that I was dealing with. And with her telling me that she too had to use, you know, go to a therapist in her third year teaching and why and how it really helped her to be a better teacher for the people, for the kiddos that she was serving. I was like, okay, if this is going to help me to help the littles that mean so much to me, then I've got to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason I went. And then when I got there and I felt so fulfilled and so relieved after a couple of my visits, um, I was like, okay, this was a good move. You know, I'm so glad that I took it on. And, and we did, like I said, we did such a great job that year. I think life could have been, <laughs> had life been a little bit different, I think that first year probably would have been a little more successful, but it was very, it's very much a landmark in my professional life. I often think about that year and, and all the wonderful things that happened that year. And I learned so many valuable lessons about dealing with humans and how important it is that we, we meet the needs of those that we serve and then we help stretch them to those levels of performance that they are fully capable of doing. Mm -hmm. If you could tell your first year self a piece of advice, what would it be? It would be, oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it flowed right into that question. <laughs> I told you, like, I love spontaneous questions. Oh, that's a good one. Um, my first year self. You know, this is going to sound so cliche, but then I didn't have the be real theme, mm -hmm. although that's what I did. <laughs> I would just tell myself, no matter what comes your way this year, because anything is possible. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Be real. Stay relatable. Make sure that those babies understand they can expose vulnerability to you, but also you model that for them. You expose that vulnerability as you're learning through whatever it is that you're doing. Share the learning process as you're growing through these different pieces of your life. Share those processes when it's applicable so that they understand that you just are a real person too. Um, show yourself approachable. Always, always, I want the students to feel like they can come to me with anything. Just like we talked about earlier with the administration, I felt like I could go to her and say, I'm struggling, like I need some help, and she could help me. So show yourself approachable. And the L for real is learning through life. Never, never, ever forget that you're not going to reach this place of status or distinguished, even though I was nominated for distinguished teacher of the first year teacher of the year, distinguished is just something on a rubric. You don't arrive ever. You're always learning and always growing and just know that you aren't going to be the best of the best ever. You're always going to have a new level that you can reach, that you can strive for. So I think as a first year teacher, I would tell myself to be real and I would spell out that acronym in a very explicit way so that that little first yourself so excited to start this wonderful career would know that you don't have to beat yourself up over things not going well just know if you're real with your people 
they're going to be real with you and learning is going to take place. I love that. It's, and it's so, it's so applicable to every first year teacher and like years later, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it's being real is one of the most, I think one of the most important things to be as a teacher. And, um, my classroom is in its second year. Uh, I actually, have been um, creating my classroom as I go along because I'm the STEAM teacher for my school. And this is, um, last year was the first year that it opened and my admins had approached me um, with creating the STEAM lab. And um, so we've built it from the ground up. And that's one of the things that I've continuously been with the kids is real. I've said, hey, you know what, guys, I've never actually taught this part before. I have all of the plans and I have all of my ideas, but there's probably going to be a few bumps in the road. So if you guys are okay with it, I'm okay with it. And that's how we've worked through some of the brand new um, technology and brand new lessons and ideas um, that I've been building. And, and a lot of them have been from scratch and from asking like Twitter friends, like, Hey, like, have you guys done this before? Like anyone have advice for this? And, um, and, I think the kids appreciate it because then they're more likely to be okay with them failing or having something not work the first time. And, and I tell them is you can fail a hundred times in my class. That's fine. Like we'll figure it out together or you'll figure it out with your peers and stuff like that. And I feel like it's created a nice environment for the kids where they can just be themselves and, and also not be afraid to learn and learn the way that they need to learn like whatever way suits them agreed I think it's so vital that we keep that at the heart of learning just because that's real I mean right now I am in this role I told you Dave and Shelley Burgess started this role um and and put me in it and we don't we didn't know like what it should look sound and feel like because there are no other publishers that have anyone that's quite like me in this role. And so we could have patterned it off someone else. We just had to cannonball in and try it. And that meant that we had to do exactly what you're talking about in your STEAM class, where you have to give it a shot and you try things and you, and you think about like what's going to best serve the people, the authors, the readers, the connected community across the world, literally best. And then how do I then create that to be sustainable and to provide this, this resource for them that's going to be applicable and, and helpful in their learning setting, no matter what it is out there. And that is a, it's almost overwhelming to have all that liberty to have no boundaries, basically, to create this role. But it's also empowering to know that you just keep tweaking and changing and you keep adjusting and, 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 and dodging and, and going for this one and, and not doing that until you get to this place where you're like, okay, that little system created is working beautifully. Now we're going to move on to another system and see if we can help them in this area with this type of thing. And so we've created these little systems on our website, be it book study, our book study page and our book study resources for different books and our bookstore, you know, meeting the, the needs of the readers in our bookstore so they can read a portion of the book for free and, and they can also buy it from any, any different buy tabs, you know, just thinking about the end user and then how do we create what they need 
in a way that can be sustained over a long amount of time, no matter how many books that we publish. So that's just thinking about these students that you're working with right now, their jobs that they're going to take that are not yet created. And they're going to get out there and be like, oh my gosh, like all these awesome things I learned in school, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to use them. But they can think back to your class story where they were learning and they were adjusting and they were trying something new and then they kept adjusting until they finally got something that worked because that is the types of skills that I'm having to use right now in this role that was never yet created to find a way to serve the people, figure out what it is they need, learn it on my own pretty much on YouTube, articles, all these different things. How do I create it? And then creating it, it's like building the plane and flying at the same time and creating it, but then it's not done yet because you have all this editing. You gotta, oh, that didn't work, and this kind of worked, and that's not working, and this is kind of working until you finally get this place where you're actually serving the need of the people in that area. Then it's never stopping, just like cannonballing. You just move on to the next thing. Okay, now I'm gonna help them with this part. So I love that you have that in your school, and I appreciate your school like putting that in place because those are the skills that I feel like students are really going to lean on when they get into this world. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, even just being able to problem solve and working together and collaboratively. And sometimes the kids, especially my, um, my school's three to six. So a lot of times the third graders will ask like, Hey, like how can we have steam? And I'll, you know, get on my soapbox (laughs) and I'll tell them why. And one of the things that I love to say is exactly what you said. Um, maybe your job hasn't been created yet but you need skills to be able to be successful at that job. And one of the major things that you're going to likely have to be able to do is work together and problem solve and, and fail and fix it. And eventually you'll come to exactly what you need and um, to be successful. And I love saying that. And I love it when you can see that they just are like, what? Our jobs might not be created yet. (laughs) Yeah. And it's true. I mean, if I look back at um, my little self when I decided um, as a second grader that I wanted to be a teacher because I had the greatest teacher, Miss Landry, she looped with us from first to second grade. And I just knew I idolized her and I was like, I want to be a teacher. But like looking back, steam wasn't a thing yet like there was things that were done in class that was probably like along the lines of steam throughout my whole um you know career um my whole education path but now it's become a new type of classroom so even even like my story my career hadn't yet technically been created yet yeah (laughs) basically creating it now (laughs) it's It's crazy And it's, like you said, it's just, it's one thing when we tell students that, and then, like, it was me for many years, you know, okay, friends, so when you are collaborating and we are working through this process, these are the type of conversations you're going to have with your colleagues one day, you know, and you've got to get to this place of consensus, Um, and we've got to try it. we got to ship this product and try something and see if it's going to work. But saying that, teaching that, and then living it, you're living it too in this new role. I'm living it in my new role. It is a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. Like, dang, I can 
teach that and talk about it a lot, but when you're actually doing it, it's, it's hard. It's kind of lonely. There's no one else that's doing what you're doing, you know? And so you, it, there's just so much that goes into preparing our students for the stamina, that sick level of stamina you got to have to persist through the tough parts of trying something brand new and creating something that's going to serve others. Mm -hmm. It's, it's intense. It is intense. And it, it, there's a lot of emotions in it too. Yes. yes there's yes. a lot. Like I'm constantly excited, but then at the same time, I'm constantly like, oh, I just like, I want this to work out. I want to make sure this lesson it runs well. And, and I can't say that I haven't cried, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my husband is very supportive and understanding. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I, I think teachers understand teachers. Um, and for people that aren't in education to understand how, how tumultuous, but how exhilarating teaching is, um, I think it's something that isn't understood until people actually go through it. My, one of my friends is going through her first year of teaching right now. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like I haven't been like able to hang out with you lately or, or talk, or sometimes I don't text you back for a few days. And I said, you're fine. You're going through your first year of teaching. No one understands the first year of teaching better than a teacher. You are fine. I will exactly. see you in June. <laughs> exactly, right? Let me it's know a, if I can be a shoulder to cry on. It's fine. Everyone <laughs> cries. <laughs> Everyone yes. gets through it. It's so true. And I think that's with life, honestly. Back when we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, you know, going through those difficult moments and being nervous about sharing those parts. It's important that we remember that we have developed a new level of empathy with each one of those experiences in our life. Be it first year of teaching, we understand. Like, it's not like we really understand, but we get it. Yeah. We, we get a feeling. We can go to a place of, in our heart, where we once felt what it was like to be a first year teacher. And when you go through these grief processes or these different um, traumatic events in your own life, you have developed an, a level of empathy that you can later pull from when you're serving students or you're serving adults in many different capacities. It's not that you understand what they're going through, but it's that you can have this heart to heart conversation um, with no words sometimes and just have this feeling of, I get it, you know, I'm with you and, and I want to help you. And yeah. sometimes that's all you need to say is I get it. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I'm here. Yeah. Something. yeah. And it's more, it's, it, I think when we think about our life experiences like that, instead of, um, feeling, you know, uh, disadvantaged because you had to go through certain things. It's it's just such a better way for me to deal with my life personally. I just think of it as okay, I went through that, so I can better help people in the future. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't talk to them about that, well, I can at least let them know through a hug that I feel for you and my heart wants to relate to your heart because I've, I've felt something similar before. 
Yes, exactly. And that's just the most wonderful way to go and be a person, but also an educator too. Yes, agreed. Because kids come with so many different stories and to just give them that moment to let them know that you're here. Yeah, that I'm here. I got you. Yeah, I love it. I overcame this. You can do this. Like (laughs) you can overcome, right? (laughs) Exactly. I need to pull myself together. I feel like I could start crying. Oh, no, don't. Let's end on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I just just love that that's your message. And I think it's so, it's, it needs, it's a message that needs to be shouted from the rooftops and shouted from every corner of the earth. That that's, I mean, especially in the time that we have right now in the world where there's just a lot of negativity happening and people are not being the kindest to each other. And I think having a a voice like you do and a platform and, and you using that to try and spread as much realness and kindness and just understanding and empathy to people, I think little by little, hopefully as a world, we'll start healing too. And I think you're one of the, the, best people to look at to to help pave the way for us because educators I mean I I did I actually did the math the other day with my husband like how many students if you never talk to any other students other than the 25 give or take that you have every single year how many students we have over 40 years and it was like something like I don't know 10,000 or something like that and as educators we we come across so many different students, way more than 10,000. And we can have relationships with students that aren't even in our classes. And, um, and to be able to approach it the way that you are, I just, I think it's so amazing. I don't even have the words for it right now. I just think it's, I'm so glad that you have the platform that you do to be able to spread what you have to say. Well, thank you, Tori. I just hope that, like you said, the teachers just we realize that yes, our job is so difficult and making time for building relationships, it really does take time, but we're impacting say 10,000 kids over the course of our tenure as a teacher. And then those students who then I am a product of a teacher who took time with me, you know, Mrs. S who she probably has no idea. I know she doesn't bless her heart. She's like, I don't, I think, I don't know really her status right now, but um, I think she's struggling in these elder years for her. But she had no idea that by reaching out to this little girl and teaching her to read in the second grade, that I would later one day be touching students and reaching out for students and my, you know, touching the lives of the students in my care as a teacher. And then then writing a book and then getting to travel around the nation and talk to more teachers who then reach 10,000 students every single um, tenure of their career. You know, that the impact, the ripple effect of your splash, if we go back to cannonballing, mm-hmm. is immeasurable. I mean, you have no idea. You're reaching one little kid and she was just doing her job, right? I, I did my graduation speech and I was telling, you know, <clears throat> everyone about Mrs. S and how amazing she was and how important I was to her. Well, the truth of the matter is afterward, a lot of my classmates that had her in second grade, they were like, really? You thought you're special, girl? No. She's special for all of us. 
And I'm like, no way. I was the only one <laughs> to go in that morning. They're like, yeah, well, we didn't go in in the morning, but she did stuff like that for all of us. And I think she was just an outstanding individual that wanted to meet the needs of her kids. She's just doing what she does. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times as teachers, we feel like we're just doing what we do. But the truth is the, the impact of your splash is immeasurable. It really is. And these kids go on and they become whatever they become. And they reach all the people within their realm of influence who then reach all the people within their realm of influence. And it is just incredible to think about the amazing work that our teachers are doing and how much you're impacting our world. Mm -hmm. It's so true. So cool. oh, this has been the best part. I feel like we could chat for like weeks to months yes. and just become best friends, but that's, <laughs> we do have to wrap up the episode. Totally. <laughs> so um, I know you said it earlier, but why don't you say it again? Where can people reach you? So you can find me on Twitter mostly. That's my favorite platform. So it's uh, Tara Martin EDU. You can also find me on social media, uh, Instagram at Tara M Martin dot real. And then my website is <clears throat> my website is Tara M Martin dot com. And you can find me on Facebook at Tara M Martin. So I'm all those places. Um, I spend most of my time on the website, of course, and then also on Twitter, and I do have a weekly VIP email that goes out every, every Tuesday. Um, so if you go to my website and you subscribe to that, you get to learn a little bit about what's happening in my life based off the real acronym. So I'll share a relatable little cl clip, a little exposing vulnerability, approachable and learning through life, just little tiny snippets of kind of what's happening in the TMM world. And yeah, I would love to connect. I'm always, always tell Listeners, I'm just a DM away if you try book snaps or you try anything that we've talked about on the podcast or you're trying to incorporate a little more of those building relationships in the classroom and you have some ideas you want to run past me, I am just a direct message away. So that's yeah. amazing. And if you want to um, get in touch with me on Twitter, I'm at steam up the CLSRM and um, my website is steamuptheclassroom.com and also on Instagram, steam up the classroom. Tara, this has been amazing and I cannot thank you enough. A million times thank you for coming on and just chatting with me. I feel incredibly honored and so grateful that you took the time to just chat with me and um, I just, I'm like probably going to go cry like after this because I'm like so overwhelmed with happiness right now. <laughs> but I just like, I'm, I feel so grateful. Well, thank you for having me, Tori. It was, the honor was truly mine. So I appreciate it. All right. Bye, everyone.